From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Well, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf was in McKeesport last week to visit the former U.S. steel plant, which is going to be reopened by Dorabon to make large steel pipes. And the governor and uh, the folks from Dorabon said that they are excited because they believe that the natural gas industry, which has been very important in Pennsylvania for more than 100 years, is going to heat up again and that there's going to be more fracking, so-called fracking activity, which means the deep hydraulic fracturing to get that natural gas out of the Marcellus shale level. Sounds exciting if you are in the steel industry or the pipe industry, but uh, what does it mean for the rest of us? Well, uh, our guest uh, this morning is going to talk a little bit about that. He is Doug Shields. He is the Western Pennsylvania Outreach Liaison from Food and Water Watch. And if the name is familiar, he's also former Pittsburgh City Councilman. Uh, Good morning, uh, Doug. How are you? I'm doing quite fine, and thank you for having me on today. It's very nice. Well, well, thank you, f- thank you for taking the time to talk with us. You were in the Post Gazette the other day, and uh, there also uh, you were having an event at Pittsburgh Theological Seminary to talk about public health, community planning, and how those intersect with fracking. And that might be a little bit confusing for folks, um, but maybe not. Tell us first of all what Food and Water Watch is. Food and Water Watch is a national, uh, well, actually international uh, nonprofit organization. Uh, our mission is to uh, advocate for clean air, clean water, uh, good food, that sort of thing, uh, you know, without the additives or uh, things that uh, maybe help you make a profit but don't uh, help your body out too much. So, uh, yeah, that, that's the thrust of Food and Water Watch. They're headquartered in Washington, D.C., and they have offices throughout the United States. And, and, and how, how would people get in touch with you or, or get more information about the uh, organization? Sure. If you want to find out more about Food and Water Watch, the web address is simple. I mean, obviously, if you typed in your web browser, Food and Water Watch, it would take you to our uh, address. Okay. The complete address is www.foodandwaterwatch, all one word, .org, and that will get you there. And if you wanted to get in touch with me here in Pittsburgh, you can reach me. I'll give you an email address. Okay. It's dshields, S-H-I-E-L-D-S, at F-W-W-A-T-C-H dot org. And you can get in touch with me that way. So F Water, like Food and Water Watch, it's fwwatch.org, um, dshields at. Okay. So... Mm-hmm. I, I sort of introduced us by saying that, that Governor Wolf was in town here in McKeesport the other day and was talking about the fact that they are they think they're, we're about to see another boom, so to speak, in uh, natural gas drilling uh, in yep. Pennsylvania and in western Pennsylvania in particular. Is that true? Is that what you're seeing as well? Well, it, everything is depending on money, and, and with the industry, it's price. Um, the oil and gas industry, since its inception here in Pennsylvania, Murraysville being the first commercial uh, gas well, and of course the first oil well was drilled up in Titusville, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, about way back in what the 1860s, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's uh, the the energy industry 
globally since the day it came about has always been on a boom-bust cycle. And as we found out in 2014, there was a bust cycle. In fact, they're still in the bust cycle. Uh, I pay close attention to the business side of this, and you see that the uh, early days of the Marcellus boom, if you will, uh, the first well being drilled here in 2006 down in Washington County. Uh, now we're up to 10,000 wells since then in the past 10 years. So about 1,000 wells a year have come online. Uh, surrounding Allegheny County uh, in green, Washington County are heavily developed. I was going to say, if you drive around Washington County, you can see those wells. You can see sometimes they're, they're what they call flaring. There's a pipe with a flame uh, coming mm-hmm. out of it all over uh, Washington and Green County. If you take a ride down uh, Route 136 or, or Route 18 or, or some of those highways. Right. And, and one of the other things you'll see, Jason, are water buffaloes in people's front yards. <laughs> okay. Meaning that, that kind of tells you that they don't have a decent water supply anymore as a result of the drilling. Uh, you know, you, the industry that likes to parse the words and not one case of fracking has produced uh, contaminated water. Uh, one, that's not true. There's some evidence of that in the past. Uh, what they talk about, though, is during the fracking process itself where they're injecting uh, the liquid into a fractured bed of shale, say, about 8,000 feet deep. However, um, there are other, we use the word fracking uh, commonly uh, to describe basically the whole process. And as a result of fracking operations in, West, in Pennsylvania, uh, there are at least uh, well over uh, 400 cases that were documented by the state's DEP that the cause of the water contamination was uh, as a result of drilling operations, whether it's surface spills, uh, leaky casing pipes, and so forth, uh, there are impacts here. In fact, when the uh, legislature uh, was passing Act 13, they uh, deferred utilizing a tax on the extraction, as do all other states. They came up with an impact fee. At that point in time, I was president of Pittsburgh City Council, and I wrote to the legislature, and I said, okay, if there's an impact fee, I presume there are adverse impacts. What are they? <laughs> and of course, they never got a response. And uh, you know, it's a logical it, it, question, though. Is, yeah, I mean, this is what probably one of the worst uh, examples of government by slogan, or, or certainly policy by slogan, that I've ever seen. Well, let me. Uh, we let me... commonly hear things like, uh, "I'm all for it," but from political leadership, "I'm all for it," but we have to do it right. And my question, I raise my hand and I go, how are you going to do it right? And I never get an answer. Let me, I, in fact, let, I don't even know what's going to go wrong if you ask that question. Let me back you up just a little bit. Doug Shields mm-hmm. is a Western Pennsylvania Outreach Liaison, former Pittsburgh City Councilor. He now works for Food and Water Watch. It is a nonprofit uh, environmental group uh, based in Washington, D.C. You can get to their website by going to foodandwaterwatch.org. You can also contact uh, Doug Shields at dshields at fwwatch.org. Let me ask you a couple of questions uh, before we we get to, we lose the audience a little bit. As you mentioned, gas drilling has been done in western Pennsylvania for for more than 100 years. In fact, uh, the McKeesport and Versailles area, we had a big gas boom here just about 100 years ago. There were wells all over uh, this Mon Valley area. What's different with fracking? What's different from from the wells that they were drilling 100 years ago or even 50 years ago from what we now call this fracking or hydraulic fracturing? 
Right. Uh, well, what they, the wells that you described that were in Versailles and other places around here uh, were what we call conventional wells. And basically, they're going into shallower uh, deposits of oil or natural gas. Uh, natural gas in Pennsylvania has, you know, obviously been a, uh, a marketable product and one that's been taken out. And a lot of it's in sandstone formations and what have you. And it's a simple process of sinking a shaft uh, and, and then in the void, the methane does flow and up it comes because of the high pressures below. And about how and deep are those? About five, six thousand feet. Okay. We call the fracture, the industry itself calls it unconventional drilling. It's not conventional. It's not what we are accustomed to uh, culturally or historically uh, in western Pennsylvania at all. It is nothing at all uh, like what we experienced, say, back in the 1900s here in western Pennsylvania. Uh, what this is is that it, the, the scale itself is massive. Uh, we see well pads in farm fields as you drive down the turnpike, for instance. You'll see a little... Um, a uh, green pipe or something coming out of the ground, maybe a green tank next to it, and that's about it. Uh, with these sites, you're going to see uh, maybe a five, six-acre well pad. They will have uh, maybe uh, five, six, 12 wells going out underground, in, out about uh, what I call laterally. Mm-hmm. Instead of going straight down, they can now turn the wellhead bit and turn it and go horizontally instead of vertically into the shale Seam. Shale is simply an organic material left over from an ocean bed, a seafloor, from about 350 million years ago. And as with all organic material, it's going to get, it's going to have things like methane from its decaying process. Okay. Uh, it's also going to have volatile organic compounds such as benzene, toluene, ethyl benzene, and xylene. All of these things are carcinogens, by the way. Oh, so these are all the things you see in, like paint thinner, for instance. Or, or, yeah, or, or, or solvents, yeah, glues. Have applications, uh-huh. you know, actually, uh, you know, in, in different solvents okay. and whatnot. Uh, but the, uh, the, you know, it, it is certainly uh, classified as a carcinogen. And, and what they're doing is they drill down about 8,000 feet to get to the shale bed, the Marcellus shale, and then they turn the drill head uh, horizontally and then go out about a mile and a half, maybe up to two miles these days. They then go back down in and set charges and fracture the shale. It's called tight gas because it's in a very tight spot. Uh, that rock is not going to give it up like, say, a, fan, a sandstone formation would on a conventional well. So you have to go in and fracture this stuff, um, and the explosions are, are done, and then they begin to pump in about 25, 30 million gallons of a liquid that contains all sorts of interesting things. Um, and then that, is the, and along with silica sand, and those things fill the fissures, the cracks, and keep them open okay. to allow this um, methane gas uh, to be released. Also, wet gases, things like, um, oh, uh, you know, uh, propane is a wet gas, uh, butane, and ethane. Ethane is a wet gas that will be in the supply tra- train going to the cracker plant. And they take ethane County. and they yeah. break it down to its uh, various chemical components to use in the plastics industry. We have a, so we, in Pennsylvania here, we're sitting on, particularly on the Ohio-Pennsylvania uh, border, uh, we find a lot of wet gas mixed with the methane. Uh, what they do is they bring that back up and separate it. 
they take the wet gases out uh, and, and ship them off to whatever you still be used for, and then the methane, of course, too. So they're, we're, you know, they're extracting a number of different products here out of shale. The problem is this. Tony Ingraffia, who's a, uh, the father of rock mechanics, if you will, and had a large part to do with the development of hydraulic fracturing of rock uh, at Cornell, has a model that predicts that well casings, which is the casing that goes through the aquifer okay. uh, to protect the water supply to get down to the gas, fails about 5% of the time. Okay. Sure enough, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania's Department of um, uh, uh, environmental protection has found about seven percent of the well casings failed day one. That's a fact. I, you know, that came out of basically Tom Corbett's DEP, not Tom Wolf's, and you know, which was very friendly to the industry. Let's so can we can we, we pause right? We have a leak. we have to take a quick break. Can we pause right yeah, there and let's ahead. pick up what happens when that well casing, which is the, the the piece, the big piece of pipe that's going down there, what exactly mm-hmm. happens if if that breaks? Okay. Great. Uh, Doug Shields is the Western Pennsylvania Outreach Liaison for Food and Water Watch. You could find more information by going to the website foodandwaterwatch.org, or you can email uh, Doug Shields at dshields at fwwatch.org. We're talking about fracking and about the concerns uh, as the fracking industry, the natural gas fracking drilling industry, moves into Allegheny County and what that might mean for you wherever you live. You are tuned to Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 88.5. WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel. Internet Radio, WMCK.FM and TubeCityOnline.com. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Tube City Online has reached a critical point in our history where we need to raise money from the public to continue providing information both online and on the radio. If you can help by making a donation, we would very much appreciate it. Go to our website, TubeCityOnline.com, and click the Donate button. And thanks for supporting independent media in the Monarch area. Welcome back. Our guest this morning is Doug Shields, former Pittsburgh City Council President. He is now the Western Pennsylvania Outreach Liaison for Food and Water Watch. It is a nonprofit environmental group based in Washington, D.C., and uh, among their interests are the natural gas hydraulic frac- fracking or fracturing uh, industry, uh, which is uh, has been in a bust cycle, as uh, Mr. Shields said, and is expected to pick back up here again in the near future. You know, this this is kind of where we're at in the conflict. And we mentioned pipe, and you mentioned the new pipe mill that the governor's going to visit. Um, every I, I I think that everybody deserves a decent job, a decent living, and a and, and a uh, a shot at the American dream. Maybe you're not going to be a billionaire, uh, but at least you know. And one thing I learned in politics that everybody basically wants the same four things. They want um, you know to be enfranchised in this country. Uh, economically, to have an opportunity to have a decent life, they want a, a good, safe street to live on, uh, and they want they want the same for their children. Uh, I think that's universal, and I don't think anybody will argue that point. However, there's also the concept of risk and reward, and where the rewards go in the oil and gas industry are not necessarily flowing to the rest of the population, nor have they ever uh, in the history of oil and gas industry. Uh, you know, this is something that, you know, these are private corporations. Um, they're there to make money and to make a profit. And uh, obviously you see the disparities today you have that, you know, 40, 50 years ago in the United States didn't exist between worker and management salaries and so on and so forth. So, 
Yeah, we're seeing a gulf, in the, and that was certainly a big issue in the last presidential election. And whether you voted for Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, I think everybody acknowledged once again that there is a wage gap in this country and that there seems to be a problem with the rich getting richer and the rest of us getting poorer and the shrinking middle class. Well, let me, let me... So when these things come, when, when this stuff comes along, uh, oh, we're, we've got a big boom here, we're going to all get rich, you're all going to get a job, and that's all wonderful. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that's not the case. If oil and gas had produced the number of jobs that the Corbett administration had predicted, uh, Pennsylvania's unemployment rate would be uh, much lower than it was is today. The other point of fact is, is that when the boom cycle ended in 2014, because of an oversupply from the industry itself, uh, and that's pretty much typical, then everybody's out of a job. Well, and you we know, certainly the saw the, the, the pipe mill here in McKeesport closed temporarily, yeah. which is why Durabond is reopening it, because uh, the, yeah. the, the drilling cycle uh, yeah. went bust, as you said. Doug Shields is Western Pennsylvania Outreach Liaison for Food and Water Watch. It is a non-profit environmental group based in Washington, D.C. You can find out more information, foodandwaterwatch.org. You can also contact Doug Shields directly. It's former Pittsburgh City Council President, dshields at fwwatch.org. I, I, we only we have about 10 minutes left, so I'm going to skip our second mm-hmm. break, but I, I want to ask you in particular um, about this donut hole that Allegheny County exists in and what's going on, because there have been gas drilling companies are starting to contact homeowners in the, the Mon Valley area, Churchill, West Mifflin, uh, Elizabeth Township, uh, to ask them for drilling rights to try to drill under their right. house or their business. I've heard from a number of people. So what's, what's mm-hmm. going on in Allegheny County? Why are they interested in Allegheny County all of a sudden? Well, it's not all of a sudden they were always interested in Allegheny County, and, and, and Washington County and Greene County are considered sweet spots in the shale play, and so is Allegheny County. I think uh, up until now, I think they've been a little bit uh, busy with the rural area, but now they're looking at more of a built-out area here, and that presents a whole new problem for us. Um, the other thing is, is that you're also seeing uh, other infrastructure coming in, such as an ethane cracker plant, so, uh, you know, they want to have feedstock closer uh, to the plant than not. So the closer, the better, obviously. But if you really want to know about where the leases are in Allegheny County, uh, I would uh, ask your listeners to go on to the um, Frack Tracker Alliance uh, website. That's easy for you to say. How do you get to there? Tracker, and it'll come up. Okay. And, and go through their website and look for the uh, Allegheny County Lease Mapping Project. And that map was also in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette Tuesday article, May 30th, uh, in the uh, related article that I was featured in. And uh, they can see for themselves uh, whether, you know, on the article or to, in the Post-Gazette or going on to Frack Tracker, uh, that's a nonprofit. It doesn't take a position on drilling one way or the other, but it does inform uh, re- you know, people where this is going on. Let me, let me play. Big, in, I'm sorry, sorry. Let me play. Allegheny County's. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, let me play devil's advocate for, for just a, a, a minute because mm-hmm. I, I can hear people out there listening right now and they're going, well, wait a minute. Um, don't we want energy independence? Don't we want to end our dependence on, on foreign oil, A? And B, we know that natural gas, for instance, a lot of power plants are, are being converted from coal to natural gas because it's got a lot less smokestack pollution. You mm-hmm. know, why, why, is, why is Doug Shields uh, against converting these coal-fired power plants to, to natural gas? Why is he well, uh, against us uh, not importing as much energy as we do? 
uh, we're not importing that much energy, and the uh, the reason why they're building all these pipe, uh, making pipe, and reopening these plants is to build pipelines to take them to Marcus Hook in Philadelphia okay. for export. This okay. is not going to be, you know, when they talk about energy independence. Okay, most folks say, oh, I want to be independent from Russia or the Saudis or something. Sure. Um, well, well, you're still going to be uh, dancing to the tune of Exxon, Royal Dutch Shell, which is a uh, Dutch company, British Petroleum, which is a British company, uh, and maybe that's where they're from, but uh, multinationals are notoriously uh, not very patriotic and very much focused on the bottom line. So who are you going to be independent from? That's number one. And I would say that if you put a solar panel on your roof and a battery in your house, yeah, I could say you were energy independent. So let's get rid of the myth about our independence. And the United States has done very well uh, in the last 10 years as far as getting its uh, domestic supply of oil and gas. Okay. But we also have to transition away from that because that's not where the future is. Uh, there's a lot of uh, harm to us health-wise and land-use-wise, number one. So that's why we, you know, that's the why. Um, and, and it's not so much uh, people come up and say, well, how did you get here? I drove my car. It's not about how I got here today. It's how we're going to get somewhere uh, tomorrow in 50 years from now in this country. Now, let's, let me and ask Donald you about... Trump just walked away from the Paris Peace Accord, uh, Paris uh, Climate Accords. Um, you know, the rest of the world is moving on. The United States is starting to slide backwards. Uh, the, the, the biggest job provider in the country right now is in the energy sector. But guess what part of the energy sector that is? It's renewables. It's renewables. <laughs> yeah. Doug Shields so, is with Food I and mean, Water Watch. I wanna, if we have about five minutes left, I want to ask you about sure. the particular problems of Allegheny County's municipalities, which Allegheny County has more municipalities than any other uh, county, I think, in the United States. Certainly in Pennsylvania, we've got 130 different boroughs and right. townships and, and, and cities. What's going on? I, I, I believe you found that 50 of the municipalities, including most of the ones down here in the Mon Valley, have no zoning ordinance that's related to drilling. Yeah, that's correct. What and does that mean? What does that? I'm working on at Food and Water Watch. Okay. Um, I, I guess I bring some interesting skill sets to this. You know, I've spent 20 years in government. Prior to that, I was nine years as a litigation paralegal, and I worked exclusively in the oil and gas world, in the environmental world, in the legal side. So I don't come to this as someone that might claim to be an environmentalist all their life. Um, I come from it from a different angle. Allegheny County, you're right, has 130 municipalities. I read this winter 105 zoning codes of those municipalities. Of that, 50 municipalities have nothing on the books whatsoever to govern land use and the conditions that would need, be needed to allow for oil and gas extraction. These are the same laws that tell us where we can put the McDonald's on this corner, yep. your house is over here, and we keep incompatible uses apart from one another. With oil and gas, they're coming into residential, parkland, farmland, wherever. Uh, if, you, if the municipality isn't prepared, it becomes even a more dicey proposition. We've seen it happen where uh, EQT and others uh, in Churchill kind of breathing down their neck, uh, and uh, rushing to do this is not the best circumstance uh, to develop a zoning ordinance. Food and Water Watch is here in Pittsburgh now offering our technical support, legal expertise to work with municipalities to develop a good zoning ordinance to protect itself and to preserve the character of its community and protect the health and welfare of the residents of the community. You can't whistle past the graveyard on this. You either have the appropriate zoning or you don't. Of the 50 municipalities that have nothing, 30 already have land that is currently leased. 
Okay. But on top of that, I, I read a, a number of ordinances, and I'll drop a name, North Fayette Township. They allow drilling in all zoning districts under a, what is called a conditional use. Okay. So if you, you know, if you're in a residential area and they convince the council it's okay, you're going to be living next to an industrial site. Zoning affects everybody's property, and so people get very, very leery of any kind of zoning uh, ordinance. And to, you have to do it right. You have to work with the community, and they have to be, basically be steering the ship along the way. Well, in the last couple of minutes, what can the the people who are listening and they're wondering right now? Well, I live in such and such borough. I live in such and such township. I don't know what the situation is in, in my borough or township or city. Mm-hmm. What do I do? What, what what were some steps that they can take? You mentioned the Frack Tracker Alliance to check if there's any leases in their community. Mm-hmm. But what can they do about the about their local borough or township ordinance? I think they should, you know, go to the local council meeting, and particularly on their workshop nights, and, you know, sit down and, and ask the council member. And, and I think council members should be uh, not afraid to say, you know what, I need to know more. Let's you and I find out more about this. Uh, if your council member doesn't know or says that I don't think they're coming here, uh, that, that doesn't really cut it. And some councils are well aware of what's going on because they've had firsthand experience uh, South Fayette Township, for instance, uh, but most don't. Uh, you know, the Craftons, the Ingrams, Sharpsburg, Millville, uh, those places don't have zoning codes that address this. And it's important for citizens to work with their elected representative. They're not their dictators, they're their representative. And they need to, you know, if they want technical services, they can certainly contact me uh, at Food and Water Watch. Uh, again, if they want to, it's dshields at foodandwaterwatch.org. And I'll be happy to sit down with elected officials and citizens alike and kind of walk through this. I'm, I'm certainly not one, uh, I've been around government long enough to know that you don't go in and dictate. You go in and listen, and then you offer authoritative sources of information, educate them. And I think that the educated voter and the educated policymaker tend to make much better decisions than ones that are not. Democracy requires us all to participate. I know a lot of people get upset when you mention socialism and all that. Well, fine. If you want to be in a democracy, that means that you have to get up off the couch and start getting involved and do your own homework, too. Oh, I knew there was going to be a price of freedom. I knew there were going to be conditions. We're just about out of time. Uh, As people are hearing this program, uh, you've just had an event to talk about this. Are there any other events coming up in the Pittsburgh area that that Food and Water Watch is, is, is doing that people might want to come and get more information? No, but there are a number of other uh, organizations here that have been doing a lot of good work, whether it's Environmental Integrity Project, the Sierra Club, uh, Mom's Clean Air Force. Uh, There's a host of organizations out there, and certainly uh, more information you can shake a stick at than there was 10 years ago, particularly on the health impact side. And this is the trade-off. This is, you know... Where this is a game changer. The question, if someone says that, you go, okay, what's the game and what are the new rules? Right. If this is, you know, we have to do this right, okay, how do we do this right? Uh, don't accept answers like that from leadership. And we just took a survey here uh, of elected leadership here, and while the, uh, the folks at the top of the political food chain talk about jobs all the time, and they're important, but that's all they talk about, the local elected officials that we surveyed put public safety first. 78% of the respondents, and one of the choices was, you know, what do you think of first when you're doing a zoning ordinance about this? Is it jobs and economic development or safety and a number of other choices? Public safety came out 78% of the time. 
and there are clear inherent risks and dangers to the pipelines. We saw that out in uh, uh, Salem Township last year. Uh-huh. It blew up, and they blow up quite a lot. Don't let anybody tell you they don't. Just wiki uh, that, and you'll get a whole list of pipeline explosions across the country. Uh, and also, uh, the oil and gas industry uh, produces a tremendous amount of degradation of air and water quality. Uh, again, uh, what are you prepared to trade off here? Um, we we are out of, we are we are out of time, uh, and unfortunately, I feel like we're just getting started. Um, I think we're going to want to probably have you back at, at some point, but sure. unfortunately, we, we do have to say uh, so long for this morning. Doug Shields is a former Pittsburgh City Council president. He is now the Western Pennsylvania Outreach Liaison for Food and Water Watch. It's a nonprofit environmental group. It's based in Washington D.C., but they work all over the country. You can find out more information at foodandwaterwatch.org. If you'd like to get in touch with Mr. Shields directly, D Shields at fwwatch.org. Doug, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Thank you, Jason, and you have a great evening tonight. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Or and, this morning. Or this morning. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for listening okay. to Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 88.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.